0: (coughs) hey hey you did you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger originally didn't want to be the Terminator saying that he hadn't established himself as a hero enough to play a villain yet did you know that Jim Caviezel was struck by lightning during the filming of the Passion of the Christ did you know that we have a Patreon (laughs) well check it out you can find it in the links inside the episode descriptions or at our official website it's a great way to support the show and even get yourselves shouted out at the end of every month it really helps us out and we are eternally grateful to each and every one of you that supports us but for now honestly i really hope you just enjoy this episode
1: Hey! <laughs> Happy Sunday morning. I'm like still having my coffee. I'm like we're totally like.
0: Yeah, it's fucking noon, by the way.
1: <laughs> I recognize that, and I yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I woke up I at ten either. thirty.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> Good for you. I'm so proud of you.
1: I've been sleeping Good late. Nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare when I have to do an earlier work shift. Yeah,
0: that's true. My schedule. When is the time change? Because my time, my hours are going to change from that.
1: The thirteenth. And I have to work at five o'clock in the morning twice during the week of the sixth until the time changes. And then it's six 30 and I still will want to die. Yeah. But then I'll move to the, to the East coast and that'll be fine. It's just until I do that. So that's true. Yeah. I had mm-hmm. to make some schedule adjustments.
0: Um, Story of my life.
1: anyway. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, I just want to lay in bed forever and not have to do anything. Um, but we're going to put aside our, our little, Laziness <laughs> Adulthood <laughs> gripes of like Yeah it is noon and I'm having my coffee And I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to adult anymore
0: It's fine because part of adulting is Doing their show And doing their show is a really fun part of Adulting You see what I did there? Do You see how I turned that back around? It was also? great Yeah this is so yeah,
1: adult This thing that it's we do so
0: not <laughs>
1: um, But uh, anyway We are here to talk about Clueless which is kind of, like, off-brand for us.
0: Very. Right? It's it's very off-brand, um, which is ironic because this is the most... This is the most 90s thing I think we could possibly cover.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why it's... Like, there will be some sort of... Uh, a handful of important, like, rom-coms and cultural touchstones that we do cover yeah. in the timeline. Even though it's not... Like, usually we do more genre stuff.
0: No, this is... Uh- <laughs> You can't like, you can't, this could not have not been talked about. Like the fact that people still say whatever and as if like to this day, I think is a huge, it's it can't. It's all because of this movie. I think it's all because of this movie.
1: It's all because of just the nineties though. It's like, I don't think that, that any of that comes from this movie. I think this movie is just that emblematic and reflective of what it was like in 1995.
0: I think this it's like a t-shirt canon for the nineties. This movie is a t-shirt canon for the nineties. It took all of the nineties and just shot you in the face with it.
1: Yeah, it did. This is the most nineties thing that we've done. And it really like feels like the nineties now. So I uh, don't tell us about the movie. What's happening. Who's here.
0: So <clears throat> this was actually directed and, and primarily written by Amy Heckerling. Um While it is, Arguably, I th- I believe on AFIs, it's the seventh highest gross or highest rated teen comedy of all time. Um, but that's also up there with like 10 Things I Hate About You and Never Been Kissed, um, both of which are also 90s movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like this one took the cake. This was like the movie. Starring Alicia Silverstone as Cher Horowitz, Paul Rudd as Josh, uh Stacy Dash as Dion, and Brittany Murphy as Ty Frazier. There are a couple other people like throughout the movie, like Sean Wallace is their teacher and her dad is uh, David Hyen. But. Yeah, this that's the main.
1: And who's Dion's boyfriend? He's somebody.
0: His name is Murray. <laughs> but his I don't remember his name. He's from Scrubs.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He is the guy from Scrubs. That's God correct.
0: damn it. Matt's going to kill me. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I'm like this guy. Yeah, he's here. Uh, I don't know what his, I don't even know what his name is in the movie. Um, his name's Murray. Ah, okay. <laughs> like, right. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I thought you meant in real life. And I was like, yeah, that tracks sounds like Mer, like, but it's cause I'm thinking of the movie. I am so bad with names. Um, Read us a plot summary, Scott.
0: I would be delighted to read a plot summary. After successfully matching two of her teachers together in an effort to ease her classmates and her suffering, Queen of the Scene high school legend Cher Horowitz embarks on a daring and seemingly selfless quest to make over the new girl in school. With the help of her trusty best friend and a cadre of supporting students, Cher believes she's doing the greatest work anyone in platforms has ever achieved. <laughs> Little does she know, however, that her meddling bounces back at her in very unforeseen and often explosive ways, eventually, realizing that it might actually be she who is truly clueless.
1: It's you. Hi, you're the problem. It's you're you. the
0: problem. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> This movie was so Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift.
1: (laughs) Uh, It was so good. So good. Um, You can stream this on Paramount Plus if you have it, but you can also rent it on Amazon or I rented it on Apple.
0: Yeah. I don't recommend anybody use the Paramount Plus app. That thing's trash. It took me like five minutes to start the movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, Shout out, however, to our new patron, Ben. Thank you for signing up over the weekend.
0: Thanks, Ben
1: yeah we appreciate everybody. We encourage you guys to sign up for the Patreon. check us out. check out the website, check out our social media engage, send us a request the timeline
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: which I think is imminent from ben i i have received some feedback that he's mulling over what he wants to request. so
0: dude, um, you guys can request more than one thing by the way like we will we will
1: yeah, we'll do whatever.
0: Yeah, we'll balance out like how we can put it in like there was no reason for us to do gremlins 2 when we did gremlins 2 we were just like fuck yeah dude gremlins 2 is on the list let's go
1: let's go we'll do it as soon as yeah. we can after the request <laughs> gets made yeah. yeah request whatever you want miss minutes is infinitely powerful true story um oh, and speaking of miss minutes and the timeline let's go to the timeline
0: let's go to the timeline once again into the breach of 1995
1: <laughs> once more and, and not how for the do last we time. still
0: have stuff to talk i know how do we still have stuff to talk about
1: it's waning but we're gonna continue to find some <laughs> some random interesting bullshit to give you to switch up the historical context every 1995 episode um so in this one your fun fact is that people's sexiest man alive was brad pitt which yup, that tracks yeah 100 um, percent tracks and Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise was the number one song, also that tracks. Also
0: tracks, yeah. Yep.
1: Fantastic. Pop, dude. Um, tomatoes.
0: Rotten Tomatoes slayed it on this movie, by the way. This is the closest we've had in tomato meter and audience score in quite some time, especially after coming off the heels of fucking Ant Man. <laughs> um, so, Rotten Tomatoes on the tomato meter, Clueless has an 81%, and audience scores have a 76%. Which I am okay with. I kind of feel like for how often I hear people quote this movie and talk about this movie in general, seventy six seems sort of low. I would have given this like a right. mid B.
1: I absolutely would have expected this to have like an eighty seven.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm surprised kind of the, crazy. The, the the tomato meter's so low. Like I really thought this would have a much higher score all around. Like people love this movie. I can't believe that that's the score it has. So
0: it kind of was the really first of its kind it. though. And yes, everyone should have really liked it. it. It
1: was, it's, it's not the first of its kind, but it is like one of the first of its kind for the nineties, but like of those iconic teen coming of age films. Yeah. If we want to say that that's what, that's the genre we're putting this in, we'll talk a little I bit more momentarily so a, about yeah. the other genres that it fits into, but Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of teenage rom-coms before this. That I mean, The Breakfast Club is a a predecessor to this film. Like, there's been lot everything that John Hughes ever did set this movie up. So it's like there was a lot of rom-coms in the '80s that brought us here, and I'm sure there's been some in the '90s already that we haven't covered that are probably just less iconic. That's fair. Yeah, it's definitely. um, We talked about this a lot when we talked about comedy in ace ventura
0: Ventura, yeah
1: yeah of like okay so there's been a a major shift in comedy and this is kind of a big shift in the rom-com where it's like a lot more poppy and colorful and like i don't know it's just a more modern
0: it's more fun it's not as drama it's
1: it's upgraded the rom-com has has evolved it's gone into its next like pokemon evolution stage in the timeline so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's fun and remember american pie is right right yeah. around the corner so there's yeah but this this was this was an exciting one it was the first sort of the first of its kind but i think it fits within the the evolution of the rom-com as we know yep driving miss daisy wins best picture murphy brown and la law win the big emmy awards are uh, still still it is 1995 um Nothing this, changes. No, yeah we're just here forever um, this movie had a $12 million budget and it grossed 56 million. So it was one of the most successful teen comedies adjusted for inflation ever. So yeah. it did pretty well. The big top grocers for this year were like Toy Story, Pocahontas and Apollo 13. I think
0: Batman, Batman forever is the top grocer. Is it Batman forever?
1: I thought it was Toy Story. Oh, no, you're right. It is Batman Forever, Apollo 13, Toy Story, and and Pocahontas. Okay,
0: Pocahontas. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> I, was, I forgot the name of the Batman movie. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> After all the fun we had. I know. God, dude. I have such, Matt's going to hate this episode. Although Matt has never seen this movie, and he was supposed to be on this episode. I want you guys to know I'm very disappointed in you, Matt. Very disappointed.
1: I can't believe he hasn't seen this.
0: I can't either I'm like holy shit the film did spawn a series of books in 2017 it also spawned a short series of comics but it also spawned a uh from 1996 to 1999 spawned a three season television sitcom though Alicia Silverstone and most of the main cast did not return um This is probably one of the funniest things I will ever say. And it is also one of the most nineties things ever. This show does have a crossover with Sabrina, the teenage witch confirming that Sabrina, the teenage witch takes place in real life because (laughs) at the end of the first, it's like the seventh episode of the first season of the clueless show, Cher walks out of high school and Sabrina is standing next to her. And she is the only girl in school that Cher doesn't know. Because Cher knows everybody and she's like yeah Cher, i just snapped my fingers and appeared out of nowhere and Cher's like oh i guess it makes sense and as Cher turns around sabrina looks at the camera winks snaps her fingers and disappears <laughs> confirming that she is in fact sabrina the teenage witch
1: that's hilarious
0: <laughs> yeah i i think that is wonderful i think that's amazing um
1: god i loved melissa Joan Hart.
0: god dude who didn't man
1: Clarissa explains it all was like honestly such a a foundation of my childhood.
0: Mine too. That and Pete and Pete and Hey Dude.
1: Yep, those were all good, but but Clarissa explains it all was like peak television.
0: It was, dude. Her brother's <laughs> such a douchebag, and her his parents are crazy. Awesome. Name
1: too. What was her name? Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. And then he, she had that boyfriend who wasn't really her boyfriend yet, but like totally they were gonna hook up, and he used to yeah, they were absolutely gonna window. hook up. Yep. Anyway, uh let's get out of the timeline. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <let's>. <laughs> so
0: Tell me where this movie came from.
1: Yeah, we talk about this movie being part of the like rom-com teenage comedy genre, but it's also part of another genre, which I think is the best genre in many cases, (laughs) uh, which is the classic literature adapted for modern audience genre, which is almost always good, though I exclude Leonardo DiCaprio's Romeo and Juliet in that uh, assessment because that's not my Their guns were
0: called swords. Oh, my God.
1: That was a weird take. That was weird. I like the ones where we just like because they still spoke in like a Shakespeare, they still talk like that, yeah, yeah. So that Romeo and Juliet's a different. I just want to like upfront exclude that movie from this assessment, but generally speaking, those classic stories told in a very specifically modern way, right? Like, we're going to talk more about the 90s influence than we already have in just a second, but like, this was like. (sighs) ubiquitously, like unquestionably 1995, right? They like Mm -hmm. really particularly put it into this high school. And some of the really good examples of this are 10 things I hate about you, which is based on taming of the shrew Mm -hmm. or, uh, the lion King, right. Which is Hamlet. And this one is based on Emma, which is a Jane Austen novel.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so it is normally Shakespeare that does this, but this one's Jane Austen, and the stuff that she writes is just that she writes is so ready for adaptation, like mm-hmm. um, like modern day adaptation. Like for instance, Bridget yeah. Jones's Diary is Pride and, Pride and Prejudice.
0: I've never seen those. I Have just know that not? they're like I just know they're huge, and Renee Zellweger is in all of them. So
1: yeah, and they well, the Brits especially love it. You should watch Bridget Jones. It's it's. I love Colin funny. Firth. I should. It, and it's,
0: Hugh Grant is in it, right?
1: I think so. Yeah, like it's Bridget Jones is a lot like uh, uh, a less toxic love, actually, but it has that same vibe. It's like a British. Oh, okay.
0: All right, Right? I'm in. Yeah, you you should watch it. You would
1: love it. Um, But those love stories—they're such like Mm -hmm. ubiquitous human experiences, and it's why a lot of these like Shakespeare and old stuff that's adapted to modern audience. Is usually a rom com with the exception of like O, which is based on Othello and also stars. Uh, Oh my God, what's her name? And she's in 10 Things I Hate About You. I love that actress. What's her name?
0: Oh, the main girl?
1: Yeah, Juliet or Julie. Juliet's Julia Stiles?
0: Ju- no, yeah, I think it's Julia, Julia Stiles. Styles. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, She's also in O, I believe, which is based on Othello, or The Lion King is like not a rom com. Uh, but a lot of them are, and it's such a cool little mini genre, like, cause it's really limited. Like there's not a ton, uh, but basically well, there's not a ton
0: done well, there are tons of adaptations out there where they're like, that's totally what this is. And you're like, no shit. it's trash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Done. Well, that's a good 10 things I hate about you is the best example. I think it is too. And this between this and this and 10 things I hate about you are the best examples. One Shakespeare, one Jane Austen, where it's just like. <sighs>
0: That yeah, but I, I feel like more people would know that that's 10 things I or 10 things I hate about you is taming of the shrew than they would know that this is Emma.
1: I absolutely agree with that statement. I think Julia Stiles, first of all, has kind of a reputation for doing this Shakespeare stuff. Like she has yeah. done two or three of those type of adaptations. Um, and there was a much, you're right, like a wider conversation around that when it came out. Uh, versus this for Emma. And Emma's just yeah. not as well-known, you know? Like, if I say Pride and Prejudice, people know that that's a Austen yeah. novel. Um, people don't know Emma. They don't know, like, Persuasion. Like, there's... they Emma is, a, is, I would hope, most people know. But it's not required reading. That's the thing. If the classic li- that you know is the stuff that they had you read in, like, high school, you probably read Pride and Prejudice and not Emma. So... You're right. A lot of people would have missed this. Um, and this basically is Emma, this yeah. this movie. It's a really solid adaptation. Like the summary for Emma is Emma considers herself like a great matchmaker, but sort of accepts that she will never marry herself. Um, and she meets this new friend and she decides to set her up with like the hottest dude, like the most eligible bachelor, even though her friend likes a different guy. And then everybody learns a lesson through shenanigans um, and she ends up with the family friend who was like there all along. Like it's effectively, it's the same.
0: It thing. is the same thing.
1: Um, and a lot of the characters share names. Like there's Mr. Elliot is the guy that she tries to set her friend up with who is eventually Ty. That's not, that's not the character's name in Emma, but like Elliot mm-hmm. keeps his name. And Elton.
0: Yeah. His name is Elton. We're oh, sorry.
1: Elton, not Elliot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever.
0: <laughs> Just because I was watching this the other day, and it took me a while to figure this out. Uh, Have you ever seen the movie Waitress? No. Okay. Never mind then. I just realized that Elton is the piece of shit husband in the movie Waitress. And it was another movie that Renee made me watch, and I actually thought it was a really great movie.
1: Hmm. Is it old? New?
0: It's around this time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It might be a little bit earlier.
1: Everybody who was in this had some sort of level of fame ish,
0: except for Paul Rudd.
1: Yeah, Paul Rudd's so great. We're gonna talk about nope. him. He's the best. Mm-hmm. So this movie, like, they take this this old story and they put <laughs> it in a 1995 Beverly Hills High School, and yes. it is simultaneously the most stereotypical, ridiculous thing <laughs> ever, and like so real.
0: <laughs> it is, I think. So like a big part of it too, is the writing staff actually spent time at Beverly Hills high school to get a measure of what the kids were actually like. So when people say like this super bad is one of the last high school movies you could actually make about high school shenanigans like this, <clears throat> because of like smartphones and stuff like this, this was the height of everybody having pagers and cell phones And, like, having that technology be a part of something that I grew up with, too. Like, oh, my God. Like, why you – the first time we meet Murray, he's like, woman, why you even been answering any of my pages? (laughs) Like, it's just – it's so right now and so, like, immediately relatable to everybody that had a teenage kid.
1: It was this awesome moment in time where we finally see the decade turn over. I think that's why it's important that we do this movie because, as we all know, it usually takes – Four to five years to mm. feel like you're in the new decade. And this yeah. no longer feels like the 80s. Whereas, like, even Batman Forever felt kind of 80s.
0: It very did. And yeah, that's still a 95,
1: very, very right? Like, there's, it takes yeah. a minute for the culture to fully flip over and for the new decade to fully develop. And sometimes it takes more than 10 years, right? For mm-hmm. that to happen. Like, but a lot of the time it's like, I think the early 80s still feels very 70s. The early yeah. 90s still feels very 80s. The early O's still feels pretty 90s. Like the Spice Girls were in the early O's. Yeah. Right. Like that's as well as like there's a there's a lot of this sort of turnover, and we're finally really here in the 90s, which is super fun. And hell yeah. I wanted to call out and just note my enjoyment of the following. <laughs> 90s things that happened in this movie.
0: Every 90s thing that was 90s in this 90s movie.
1: Everything that when it happened, I was just like, yay hey. <laughs> <laughs> References to having left your cranberry CD in the quad. That was <laughs> I enjoyed that. Oh my god. Um, divorced parents.
0: Yep.
1: Right, they have a big call out to like somebody's late yeah. for class, and they're like, "Well, no, she goes to this other school now, twice a week," and it, it. Is oh, when she's right. talking about
0: Christian, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and so it's these are basically like the kids from Mrs. Doubtfire a few years later mm-hmm. in high school, right? So it's like, yeah. okay, so we're watching that continue. Now this is normal. This is just like a throwaway comment. Yeah, um, making a W sign with your hands and saying whatever.
0: <laughs> she's talking about some little party. <laughs>
1: Um, this crazy point in time where people had both pagers and gigantic gigantic
0: cell phones. Cell phones. Yeah, yeah, it was they crazy. Had both.
1: They had both. If you were rich in Beverly Hills in 1995, you had both. Um, Radiohead was here. Oh my god! Yeah, fake plastic trees. They play like is one of the big like musical moments, I guess. If there are any of this movie, they do fake plastic trees, which is covered yeah. brilliantly by Ramin Djawadi in Westworld.
0: She had to get her Westworld jab in there, guys. It wouldn't be an episode without it.
1: We wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a day that I'm alive if I didn't. Make <laughs> it. Uh, Beavis and ButtHead and Ren and Stimpy. And let me let you take a. I guess Scott did. Did I like these? No. No. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to be funny for a minute, but I was like, no, that's not. She would have fucking hated these.
1: No, I hated them. I hated them with the fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> I hope that the, I was mad seeing them on screen now. <laughs>
0: They're way all, existential.
1: I hate all four <laughs> of those characters, and I think we should burn them with fire. Uh, <laughs> the, the use of the phrase as if. As
0: if. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Um, the mall, full stop. Oh, yeah.
0: Just the mall.
1: Yeah. The mall. Just in any way, shape, or form, them all. And finally, add the thing that most people like to joke about with this movie. Paul Rudd looking exactly the way that he does now, but he's like 21 years old.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. Everybody constantly talks about how Paul Rudd does not age. And it's so true. I like you could have. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm convinced. And I'm fine with that. He seems like the nicest vampire.
1: Or he just ages incredibly slowly. Like I don't. Slowly, yeah. It's like yes, he looks younger, but like not. Like he just looks like he's wearing a little bit of makeup. Honestly, like they just (laughs) they put some contour on him. Like I could, like I could completely (laughs) believe that this was like a little bit of makeup and like the auto like face smoothing thing that Zoom does. You can put on so you don't have to wear makeup to work. Oh
0: yeah. Okay.
1: I could see like this is just. Paul Rudd today like with that filter on and I believe it like that's how much he's aged like not at all zoom could correct it
0: (laughs) you know what's funny too is like this is it's it's not like Paul Rudd playing Josh it's just Paul Rudd
1: oh totally like he's just himself
0: yeah everything he says is like super quippy and super like in your face Hey, James Bond, here in America, we drive on the right side of the road. I am. You try driving in platforms. There are so many questions I have about this movie, by the way, just from like, a, I'm a dude and I didn't have to experience this kind of shit.
1: We'll <laughs> go through them. Yes. Paul Red was 26 when this was made.
0: Um, When it comes to the cast, <clears throat> most of them were in their 20s. However... Uh, what is her name? Stacy Dash. She plays Dion. Was the oldest. She was twenty nine, and actually puts her almost twice the age of her character.
1: How old was Alicia, Alicia Silverstone? Alicia
0: Silverstone. I think she was twenty or twenty one. All I know, is she's smoking hot.
1: Yeah, she is.
0: She was hot in this. She was hot in the Super Bowl commercial that they just did of her.
1: Yeah, she was nineteen when it was made. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that makes sense.
0: She's not that far off.
1: No, like she was like, that's like the right age, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Paul Rudd too, if he's 26, and I think his character was probably supposed to be like 20 18. or 21. See, so he only, in college. he had, so he had just started school. Okay like first year law school. So yeah, he yeah. Probably was like 19. or So he's a little bit older, but he's still, but as we said, Paul Rudd today looks like he's 26. So Paul Rudd at 26 was like perfectly aged. He had that older guy feeling, but also like she like share references, like partying with his friends when yeah. he's not going, like he's working. So it's not like he's invited her to go. It's like they're last year's seniors and they're still around.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk. <laughs> talk about some weird shit with him and like his friends and stuff like what college friends throw parties like that that was in a warehouse with like a fully loaded bar and a paid for band and like a crew it's just that was she was like my my ex-stepbrother's friends are throwing a party like what it should have been like a house party like the party in the val
1: it's la there's you know they're rich they're in la
0: oh my god oh
1: my god (laughs) i have no idea who you are
0: i know who you are
1: <laughs> Despite what great, i do speak spanish
0: i do speak spanish <laughs> who you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is really funny but let's put a pen on that
1: um so the mission yes because this is yeah this is like the plot of emma right this is the whole like the driving force thing is this like I'm going to take like – so she has, like we said in the plot summary, her teacher who she's her. she has these like really hard graders and she's – her dad's a lawyer and she's always negotiating her way through her grades. Her grades. And they're getting low grades and she's trying to like get her teachers to be in better moods so that they'll give them better grades. So she hooks the two teachers up together and like does yeah. matchmaking. And then she's like, I'm so good at this. I did such a good thing. She's really into like doing the right thing. Like she does think she's doing a good deed. Yeah. And so she decides to give a makeover to the new student tie and help her like find a boyfriend and this, and she's going to match make for tie. And this is like her goal in life and her calling. And it's so perfect. <laughs> Cause it's totally what a modern day Emma would have done. Like the makeover oh, yeah. matchmaking thing. It just, it, the whole story of Emma fits so perfectly within this context of the 90s high school. Yeah. Like it <laughs> translates so effectively.
0: Well, and what I think is funny is they make nods To like Shakespeare and Hamlet and like other stuff, like throughout the movie, like she, she fucking lays out. This is one of my favorite. We'll get into it when we get to share. But one of my favorite things about her is she is actually very intelligent. This isn't one of those movies where she's like an idiot. Yeah. Like an idiot Valley girl. First of all, they care about their grades. And I thought Uh, that was just
1: not enough to do schoolwork to get Well, yeah, like (laughs)
0: like she almost does her debate and but it's not really she's just talking about her dad's 50th birthday but it's i think it's funny that this movie is based on emma but it also finds ways to tie in other like shakespeare like the quote she leaves for miss geist is actually a shakespearean quote it just i just think it's really funny and this movie is very smart for being full of dumb valley high school kids
1: <laughs> yeah well and she has the thing where she knows who uh polonius was polonius is because yeah. she's seen the mel, mel Gibson, Gibson movie not but yeah and, like she's arguing with the college kids about hamlet and like paul rudd's loving it yeah. and uh 10 things i hate about you does this too the movies that are based on these classic lit like it pulls them in like the characters mm-hmm. talk about it which is super fun so we're doing this matchmaking thing Ty is great because she's like the other side of 90s teendom. It actually reminds Mm -hmm. me of the way that they use Jonathan to help diversify the 80s teen tropes in Stranger Things, right? Like, Because there's different kinds of teenagers. Not everybody's the same, uh, which is something that Mean Girls will later do a really good job of doing all in one movie as well. And I love when when teen movies show a variety of teenage tropes. 10 Things I Hate About You does it too. The really good teen movies oh. show you the diversity within the stereotypes for those types of teenagers. So mm-hmm. Ty is this awesome like foil to share because she's this like stoner, grunge, punk rock thing.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: Like, well, she's into the stoner yeah. crunch thing. Um, <laughs> and she gets totally mean girled into like dressing and acting more like Cher and Dion. Right. They're like, oh, no, this isn't going to yeah. work out. Like and then in the end, she finds herself with that skater boy she wanted all along. So yeah. we get to see that nice like diversity in the way you can be a teenager and that not everybody was just like Cher and Dion or, or aspired to be.
0: One of my favorite things actually about this movie is when Cher is not involved in what Ty is doing, Ty dresses like the way she wants to dress. Yeah. And the two most notable portions or points in this movie where that happens is when they go to the party and she shows up in like overalls and like a cutesy like shirt and then a sweater that she has to tie around her waist. Mm -hmm. And then again, when they're at the mall. She's not dressed like Cher, but after the mall incident, when she becomes like insanely popular, all of a sudden she is immediately dressing like Cher and it, it shows like it shows that like tie was tie all the time, but she did also get influenced by Cher. And I think that's a huge part of it too, is like, she did just want to fit in. And that's why she makes all those comments like shit guys. I've never had straight friends before, which has thrown me off for many, many years. (laughs)
1: yeah scott was texting me last night like (laughs) what does she mean that she's never had straight friends and i'm like no not not straight uh like your orientation straight like straight edge which is a term that nobody uses anymore because who's the straight edge first of all but like
0: after we said that or no it was right before that because i was like oh my god she's not talking about like Herbal tea, she's talking about weed, and then she thinks that they say that they just have cocaine at the high school. Like, yeah. what the fuck?
1: She says, I could go for some herbal refreshment, and they think that she means herbal tea because there's like, yeah. edges.
0: well, we don't have like tea, but we have like Coke. Oh, no shit. You guys got Coke here? Yeah, of course. This is America. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, she means straight edge, which for for the uninitiated means that you don't drink or do drugs in high school. Uh and which I because nobody uses that term anymore. Nobody says yeah. that now. I'm not confident that's even a thing. I don't and not because everybody parties, but because I don't think that Gen Z discriminates like that. I, no, don't, I don't think, think that they cares fucking like give that. a shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Gen Z cares. When millennials were coming up, and even like these guys are like gen xers right these guys are this is gen x this isn't millennials but for for us for those two prior generations it was like a whole thing of like Mm. it was part of your social identity right so yeah
0: and um, that's actually a good foil or it shows like how different the two like most notable this was the quintessential 90s high school movie and then in the thousands you have the quintessential high school movie of super bad and yeah. You can see how different they are. Like they were all about like not doing that shit, and then that's all that Superbad is about. That's all they care about is getting alcohol for this party. Oh uh, yeah! This like it became this like weird shift in in stuff or whatever. Although at the Val party, everybody's kind of fucked up and drunk and shit too. So
1: they are partying. They just don't. They they don't really smoke any weed, but a but some of them do. Like one of the popular mm-hmm. kids does, but they just call it out that he's a stoner. But oh, I don't they think they call him the Lodies.
0: Yeah, it's the it's Travis, the skateboarder guy that she's into.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't think that uh, I like when he gives his bongs up at the donation.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I just put it as kitchenware, and she's like, "Yeah, I, yeah,
1: <laughs> sure." Like I like that. Um, it's really share who's. Uh, more naive to all of this, yeah, than anybody else. You know what she's I mean? Saving like, herself
0: I, for Luke Perry.
1: It's yeah, it's really about shares naivete. Naive, naive, naivete. Naivete. I got you. Um, thank you. The, yeah, it's really about shares naivete that is the the big thing. But yeah, that's what Dion. Sorry, that's what uh, Ty means when she says that she's never had straight friends before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess good as good a time as ever to talk about Dion. Um. She's here. I like her. I like her (laughs) and her boyfriend. (laughs) Murray. (laughs) Murray, yeah, whose name I can't remember. Um, But they're pretty, they're funny. I like their sort of like love-hate thing and the way that Cher says at the end, like they're so sweet to each other when nobody's looking. And I enjoy Dion's competence, even though she can't drive to save her actual life. But
0: she's- Oh my God. Dude. Okay. So I wanted to ask you this and I posed this question to everybody else that's watching this that grew up in the nineties. That would have taken your driving test in like the early two thousands or anybody that listened before that, that took your driving test in the nineties. In my head, it is impossible to be this bad at driving. It's, it's just, you (laughs) you can't, there's no way I get the whole like rolling stop because it's a California thing. And she just goes right through the stop sign. That's fine. Like, hello, there was a stop sign. I totally passed. I get that. That's whatever. But Cher just curbing that shit when she's talking about the Jeep and then almost hitting the biker during the test. And it just like, I don't know, dude. Like, her, it just like, there's no way that she's you could be, be that bad straight. at driving. Yeah.
1: It's so funny. Like, she just can't <laughs> do it. She can. I will say that those Jeeps have really light steering. Do that. Uh, you ever driven a Jeep Wrangler? No. That thing, like you move the steering wheel like an inch or off the road. Like it's that that's <laughs> legit. Like the Jeep Wrangler has really light steering. Like you could easily okay. be and that that car moves like that. Like that's actually kind of realistic. Like that's the landmark of the Wrangler. <laughs> the Wrangler. <laughs> but also, God, I used to drive one of those uh
0: Ugh.
1: in San Francisco. It was funny. Oh my God. I know. I just for like a couple summers <laughs> I had this Wrangler. Um, it was hilarious, but That is kind of what those cars do, but no, nobody should be that bad at driving. Uh, And her and I love like Dion like is getting on the highway by accident and freaking out. And like, they're all they're also driving in L.A., which I don't know if you've done that. Yes, I have. Yeah, because that's kind of a shit show. Now I don't think there's any excuse for just like curbing that car. Like they're in Beverly Hills, (laughs) they're in like the suburbs. I, underst- yes, I understand getting on the highway and panicking like that moment. Yeah. I was like, yeah, if you got on like the four Oh five, like I would freak out too. Like, that's yeah. not great, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, I liked Dion's confidence. Otherwise though, like Dion is a lot less clueless than share is.
0: She is. She's very knowledgeable. She's very like intuitive about like what's going on. And Cher is just kind of like aloof. She just thinks that if it's not happening in her bubble, it's not as like, I guess, like not as important because like she even reads the the map to Murray, which is my sister and I's favorite part in this whole movie is when they're going to the vowel party. And he's like, read the numbers on the top, on the top of the map. What are the numbers on the top of the map saying? She's like, there are no numbers. There are letters. And Murray just goes, <laughs> oh! <laughs> "Like it just it shows that, like, first of all, they're a hilariously adorable couple. But also like Dion is way more mature than Cher. In like every aspect.
1: Yeah, she is. And she kind of like, she doesn't have this like arbitrary set of rules, like where Cher has no idea what she's doing, but she's, and we'll talk more about them when we talk about Cher in a Mm -hmm. minute. But like Dion doesn't really do that. She, like, I think she has a greater understanding of what those rules really mean or what's actually important or like what's actually going to happen. Like she's like. Like she says she's she's a virgin still technically, but like they hook up. Like she yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's like she knows a little bit more. Um, my favorite person in the movie though is Paul Rudd. Agreed. Before we yeah. talk about the main character. We'll talk about the man.
0: Everybody thinks, and I'm just gonna get this one out of the way really quickly. Everybody thinks that this was Paul Rudd's first movie. Um, it's not, actually a couple of months before that he had starred in Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers. The only reason that people think this is his first movie is that this came out before Halloween six.
1: Okay. So it is technically his first movie, even if it's
0: by not release. Yes. On. But it's not the first thing he ever worked on. Yeah. But yeah, by but release, this is, this is his, his first, first movie.
1: movie. But yeah, yeah this that's is that's extremely <laughs> nit, dude. What? Uh, yeah. No, this I know. His I just
0: because like, <laughs> I hear it all the time. And then like,
1: that's Alicia true. Silverstone
0: had worked on some stuff, but yeah, Paul Rudd was already 26 when he started in this movie, but you'd never know. No. Um, Yeah. And he just, every scene he's in, he fucking slays it. He's just like, he's such a freeloader, but he's also like such a, like, he wants to help. I just think that's really funny. Like he makes a sandwich while he's arguing with Cher, but then he leaves the shit all over the counter but then he talks about how he doesn't want to stay there but every time she's home he's fucking there. So.
1: <laughs> he's always over at the house. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's really funny.
1: Which I think is why uh they have him be the stepbrother even though people think that that's weird, right? Like that's and it is because in in Emma it's not the stepbrother, it's like an old family friend. Family
0: friend. I yeah. mean if you want to get technical, they are not related in any way.
1: Of course not. And they and she says we're you're not my brother, like many times. Like that yeah. but I don't understand why it's why that's the setup. Like why isn't it like the next door neighbor's kid who now interns for her dad and is always hanging around? And I think that part of the reason is that they wanted it to be not crazy for her to be like just come and stay and have your old room yeah back like you have your own room back break yeah, yeah and like that's how they end up spending a lot of time together is because he is living there mm-hmm. so i guess if they wanted that to be the situation then it does have to be like a stepbrother who would be who would have a bedroom in the house and be yeah. there and the dad is cool and they're working together and stuff but it is weird to introduce the sibling relationship like i know they're not related but still like Why it's weird that that's what they chose to do, that they couldn't find a way to write around that.
0: I mean, like, they do a really good job of continually talking about how they're not related. Like, the first conversation that she has with him is like, He's not your dad anymore. Can't you go torment like another family? But it's because he says it. He's like, I stopped by dad's office, and she's like, He's not your dad.
1: Well, so they say that over and over again, and they're saying it to compensate for the fact that they created this situation that was weird. Like they yeah. now have to answer for <laughs> something. Like
0: I think they just didn't have like I I can understand in the writing room they're like why don't we make him like the quirky neighbor or whatever like the kid like she grew up with or whatever but that, I don't think that would have fit as well with him being there all the time.
1: Right. That's why I think they did it. I think they wanted yeah. him to be able to be there still constantly, weird. and this was the way. And I'm like. <laughs> all right. Like it's okay. That's weird that we chose that, but sure. But the way that he looks at Cher, like what, like just melts my heart when it's like, she's being well-meaning, but ridiculous. And he just, (laughs) just like, he loves it. He's so into it. And he like (laughs) sees her for who she is. And he's like the normal grounding person in this like world. Like
0: he's the only one that calls her out.
1: (laughs) I have direction.
0: Yeah. Towards the mall.
1: Yeah right. Like well, and even <laughs> even in the end, when he is defending her, when the other lawyer is like calling her stupid. Oh yeah. Because she makes a mistake, which is like a totally understandable mistake, and she's just she is just trying to help, and she's a teenager, mm-hmm. and they didn't give her clearly the correct yeah. directions. They made a lot of assumptions about oh, like, yeah. her knowing what to do, and
0: also she- the balls on this dude to call his. Boss's daughter, the dumb kid,
1: and then storm out and say, then leave?
0: Yeah, wow, yeah. bro, you better clean your desk out. <laughs>
1: no, kidding. Holy shit. Even, even when Paul Rudd is like defending her, right? He defends her so beautifully, and it's like really nice, and it's a great moment. And then he goes and sits with her on the stairs and is like trying to make her feel better. And even then he's like but don't you want to not do this anymore so why are you doing this anyway you could just be going shopping or something and she's like the fuck like yeah. is that all you like, think i am just a yeah. dick with a credit card yeah so like even he who is like so great still makes that assumption about her and sort of yeah. like and I, and he says it in like a well meaning way like he really just means like why don't you go have fun why not yeah, you Yeah go, go do, do something, something not this Yeah that's all he means to say but yeah. he m- makes it sound really mean <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a weird think, moment
0: for me. I was like, Paul. <laughs> I think it does kind of show that while he is like clearly the mature one, because he's constantly like he's reading nietzsche when you first see him, and he's growing a goatee, and he wants to be an environmental lawyer, and he's he's arguing with I guess his girlfriend in the middle of the movie about uh Hamlet, which
1: yeah,
0: yeah that whatever. Um he is still like not socially aware. Because he's like awkward at the, he finds the one. Sherry even says it, he finds the one adult to talk to at the party.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, he's just like he's kind of a square dude, and I think that's like that's
1: <laughs> so it funny. Is. It's true. He's very bland and square and he's like yeah. a freshman in college and he's like a hundred percent ready to just go like work at for his like ex-stepdad's law firm. Yeah. And like, <laughs> he's so dedicated. And I'm like, I mean, I get that good for him, but he's just out here pushing paper through his whole spring break. Yeah. He is totally impaired. It's his first <laughs> spring break at college. And this is what he does.
0: Yeah. He's like, like, well, I'll just stay in the dorms. And she's like, why are you going to walk around the dorms and you're the only one there?
1: What? Yeah, she's like, that's depressing as fuck. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Dude. So yeah, he is absolutely a square. And they they have a nice little balance on each other because she's like so popular and such a she is like a valley girl. Ditz, like that is the yeah. point.
0: She is smart. But, like, yeah. why she's smart is, like, pop culturey smart. Like, she knew that it was Polonius because of Mel Gibson, not because of Hamlet. By the way, that's correct. If anybody was or was not aware, it is from Hamlet. But it is Polonius that actually says, to thy own selves be true.
1: Right, which is what they were debating, who says that. Yeah. And I love Paul Rudd's laugh when he, just uh, laughs. <laughs> he calls out Paul Rudd's girlfriend. And she's just like, like, what did she say exactly? She's like, she- well... <laughs>
0: Cause they're arguing. She's like, it's just like Hamlet said to thine own selves be true. And she's like, uh, no, Hamlet didn't say that. <laughs> and she's like, uh, I think I remember Hamlet recently. And she's like, uh. well, I remember Mel Gibson recently. And yeah. he didn't say that, that Polonius guy did. That's and that, great. I think that's why I think it's so funny is she did know the answer, but she didn't know enough to be like, it was Polonius. She was just like that guy named Polonius or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She was still very share about it, right. and then Paul Rudd is just like, "Wow!"
1: <laughs> I loved his laugh when when he's like, "Oh, she just called you out," and it's like, <laughs> "Yeah." So she, it's a nice segue into talking more about shares that she is like, she's a very like a proto Reese Witherspoon in *Legally Blonde*, which is going to come mm-hmm. out in, in I think ninety nine, I think or, or two thousand and one or something. I think it might be like the early O's, um, but. Yeah, she – like where she kind of seems like a moron, right? But she's not entirely – she's just very smart at the thing that she does and hasn't necessarily been challenged to apply herself to something different, right? Like Cher is really good at negotiating and like navigating a sociopolitical – world so mm-hmm. she doesn't have to be good at algebra because she's really good at talking her grade up so yeah. it's like she's really smart it's just she's smart at the thing that she applies herself yeah to and that <laughs> I she, see you know?
0: apply yourself
1: yeah like she's she's good at the thing that she does uh and this was this was alicia silverstone's time right like 98 be, she comes back
0: for batman and robin and then she's 97
1: i think
0: 97 sorry yeah,
1: yeah. um and for a moment like, right, especially because she's been in a lot of stuff for the record before this and after it. Like, she mm-hmm. has been in a ton of shit. She is still acting and being like paid to act. Like, we did, she's just not like a huge star, but she is still getting work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seemed like when Clueless came out that she was gonna be a huge star.
0: Yeah, she was gonna be the next big thing.
1: She was gonna be Reese Witherspoon. Honestly, there's another branch of the multiverse, like the same one where like Neville Longbottom is the chosen one. Alicia Silverstone is it started in Big Little Lies.
0: So it's funny that you say that. I will tell you this. And this actually just got revealed like three years ago on. If you guys aren't familiar with another podcast called Smartless, it's Jason Bateman's podcast. And it's really fucking funny. But Reese Witherspoon uh, revealed on that show that she actually did try out for the role of Cher when she was 18 years old. And would have made her the youngest cast member, but she didn't get it. So it's crazy that she wouldn't have gotten this and then went on to do legally blonde. Right. Or how interchangeable their like stories could have been.
1: There I remember thinking when I when Batman and Robin trailers were out. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that Alicia Silverstone was Reese Witherspoon. Because they do look oh, like yeah. they don't look that similar, but they kind of do. It
0: was a nineties blonde.
1: Yeah, kind of of similar tropey things, playing very similar characters in a lot of situations. Um, So, yeah, it's like it's funny that she almost was so huge. And it's not Mm -hmm. that she's not famous or doesn't work, like I said, like she does. But she's not a Reese Witherspoon.
0: Yeah, we just don't talk about her as much as we do. with. She's
1: not in anything that's really all that famous or successful. Like she's mm -hmm. working, but it's not in anything that I've even like heard of. Like I, yeah. like, look at her IMDb. It's endless, but I've like never seen any of it. I'm sure there are people who are like, no, but this movie was great. I, I'm sure it was. I haven't seen like anything that she's been in, but she is like working. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, and it's gone. Like she almost was this incredibly famous actress. Yeah. Uh, from primarily from like this role that people liked her in so much, and then I think it was Batman and Robin that kind of was the mistake. taking that movie even though how could you ever think a Batman movie would be a fuck up like
0: at that point nobody thought it would be but then yeah
1: (laughs) but it went so badly well I don't know I mean think about like uh like Keaton didn't want to come back for Batman forever right like there were people who looked at that movie and were like no
0: yeah we gotta get out of here
1: (laughs) yeah so like there were like I think she probably could have had the opportunity to say absolutely not to the Batman and Robin script And I don't know for sure that that's what killed it for her, but I got to think that she was on track to be a massive star and it got fucked by um, Batman Batman and Robin. So
0: (laughs) I think that's why a lot of people say that like Batman and I don't (sighs) it didn't kill her career because, yeah, she did shit after that. She did like blast from the past and rock my world. And then she actually has a cameo in. Well, she's in Scooby Doo too. And then she has a she has a cameo in Tropic Thunder. Well, so you see what
1: I mean. None of it's like she's still working, but it's not and like if you compare it to like a, a Reese Witherspoon.
0: Oh yeah, you could name. Uh, uh, yeah, dude. legally blonde, legally blonde too, Sweet Home Alabama, uh, Pretty Little Liars. Big <clears throat> um,
1: little lies. Her big
0: little lies. Sorry, I was mixed us two up with her and Nicole Kidman. Um, but she's
1: been in so many. Uh, four Christmases.
0: Yeah, it yeah. just. It kind of, I don't want to say it sucks for her because she is still working
1: the morning show, dude. Like she's still winning major awards, like in really big stuff like right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, anyway, so, but (laughs) it'd be cool to see her come back. Like it'd be cool to see them cast her in something prestige, right. And like give her a big role kind of like what they did for, um, Oh, I am so sorry to fans that I can't remember her fucking name from white Lotus, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh Um, yeah, Jennifer Coolidge was just sort of around for the whole of Hollywood, like for every for like forever, right? She's just always kind of been here. She's Stifler's mom, right? Stifler's mom. She's just kind of been here doing great stuff, but not getting. Just everybody knows who she is. Everybody knows who she is, but she was. But then when they put her in White Lotus and gave her really something awesome to do, like now Mm -hmm. she's so famous. Oh yeah, she's shown up in
0: like commercials and. She won the Emmy. <clears throat> All this stuff. And she did win the Emmy. Yeah. Good yeah, for her like, too.
1: Yeah. Like, well, and she's great in White Lotus. Mm-hmm. She's great in both seasons of White Lotus.
0: Yeah. Uh, she's the one connecting character too, right? Nobody else comes back for the second season except her.
1: Yeah. You haven't seen season two, right? No. I won't. I just know that Aubrey you, Plaza but- is not it. Uh she, Aubrey Plaza is not just in it Aubrey Plaza fucking brings it to that Like, you Hell gotta watch. Yeah, dude. I You've love gotta watch. Aubrey Plaza you gotta and she's going to be
0: in the new Agatha show
1: oh, I can't wait for that oh that's awesome that's great news no you have to watch season 2 it's amazing and Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> these gays are trying <laughs> to kill me it's like you guys have got to watch you gotta watch that season alright the gifts, the memes, the TikToks. Um, so anyway, so Cher is she's a caregiver and she's like a notorious bachelorette. She's saving herself for Luke Perry, just yeah. like Emma, right? She's very like, no, I'm gonna be single, and she she doesn't want a high school boy. She's made this determination, which I love that foreshadowing from like scene one of <laughs> like, to and if I'm gonna end up with them. anyone, it's gonna be the adult, like the one yeah. who's not in school right now, which is <laughs> Paul Red the only college boy that we meet the whole thing. Like, yeah. Of
0: of? yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> and, and she has this like confidence where she follows this set of rules. Like we, we were talking about that. Like Dion doesn't really follow that. Like, but she doesn't actually know anything. Like she has all these rules. Like we have to make the guys wait and you should have something cooking when they come over. And I have, it's very Charlotte York.
0: <laughs> you should always she have just, something baking.
1: I love that <laughs> She just grow cookie login. Cause so my sister and I used to make that cookie log. Yeah. If you've never had a cookie log, you've not lived where you just no, it's awesome. the whole brick of cookie dough in the oven. And then the middle stays like raw cookie dough a little bit, but it's yeah. like a cookie on the outside when you cut it. Mm. Yeah, but fire. Cher burns hers. Uh, but I like <laughs> I like how we used to do that when my parents weren't home. That's what we would do.
0: <laughs> That's just, amazing.
1: Let's fucking go when we were young.
0: Fuck yeah, dude.
1: Um. But yeah, I, I like her confidence that she knows exactly what she's doing, that she has to follow all these rules. And it is very Charlotte York who, in, when Charlotte finds love in the sex in the city, it's with Harry who goes against all of her rules that she's been following for like six years, right? Like Charlotte mm-hmm. has all of Cher's rules. Like they're, it's pretty much identical, Yeah. Um, except in a very like bougie Upper East Side mm-hmm. way.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, but Charlotte ends up marrying the sweaty, bald Jewish lawyer, right? And, mm-hmm. like, has this beautiful life and with a, her adopted kid and her everything looking really different from the way that she expected.
0: Planned it, yeah.
1: So, yeah, Charlotte takes after Cher a lot. Um, and I like how she really believes that she knows exactly, like, that What's best by for doing all these things. And this is what I would tell, you know, my protege to do when I'm matchmaking. And this is what I'm going to do when my mm-hmm. new boyfriend comes over who turns out to be gay, which <laughs> was- <laughs> Awesome. You have um, to show
0: some skin. This reminds <laughs> boys of being naked. And then they think of sex.
1: Yeah. Like- <laughs> I love her matter of fact, like, very lawyer, like, this is how I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, like, she... <laughs> love that. Um, But this is kind of the point, right? Like, Cher's always saying how clueless everybody else is. Everybody else She's- is, yeah. Um, But it's her who's, like, the virgin who can't drive, that doesn't know anything about anything.
0: Yeah. She... Kind of like, I love that they do that with her too, because she is very smart, like, but she's only smart about, and we said it earlier, but she's only smart about the things that she actually puts her effort into. Like her argument about the Haitians actually being allowed asylum in the United States is pretty, it's not like the best, but I can understand the argument for it. Like, yeah, dude, we can move some stuff around and like, maybe we can find a place for refugees or whatever. And she makes it like this. Comparison to her dad's party or whatever, and that's when things kind of go off the rails, and that's when Mr. Hall has this look on his face, who's just like, "What the fuck are we talking about right now?" <laughs> but it's um the quintessential point where you're like, "Okay, she kind of gets it, totally doesn't." Is when she calls them Hadians.
1: Oh yeah, totally.
0: So, fun fact, and I'm sure a lot of people already know mm-hmm. this, but. Um, Alicia Silverstone actually didn't know it wasn't called Haitians. It was Haitians. She couldn't say Haitians. And so Amy uh, Heckerling, the director, was like, no one fucking correct her. It's so much much funnier that she's fucking this up. And you can see it the first time that she gets up at the board and she's talking about the Haitians. Mr. Hall, Wallace Shawn looks down and just starts laughing to himself because he's like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on right now? That's funny. Yeah. But I like it. I think, I think it does a really good job of going about, like she does actively help her friends, but it doesn't go the way she expected it to go, especially with Christian and definitely with Ty. Yeah.
1: Like she has really really good intentions and she believes that she's doing good and her dad tells her that she is like and and paul rudd tells her that she is like and she is but it's also like i think the way that she tries to donate her skis <laughs> to like disaster relief
0: i'm part. I'm the head of the pismo beach disaster i don't think those people need skis sure <laughs>
1: They lost, people lost everything. That includes, includes sporting, sporting equipment. Sporting equipment. Like, I like how he
0: also blames Josh. He's like, this is your doing, Josh. And Josh is like, I don't fucking, I don't.
1: <laughs> right. Cause she's like, cause she's doing a good deed, but it's like, <laughs> get it. and I like how she's trying to find like canned foods to donate. And instead of being like, daddy, I'm going to use a credit card and go like buy some food to donate. She's like, she's like, you didn't really like that caviar, did you? Like, like, what? Yeah,
0: he's like, <laughs> what the like hell are you talking shopping about? Shopping
1: in their cupboards to donate stuff, and I love Paul Rudd's laugh at her. Right? Yeah. Like, oh my god, that's so like, she's really trying to do a good thing. She just is kind of naive. Like, yeah. she just, she, she definitely is too rich for her own good and doesn't have an understanding of the real world. Like, that's what. But it's part of what makes her funny.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that's, so the best, the, the best part like, it kind of culminates in her at the disaster relief, like thing where Travis shows up and says like, Hey, I've stopped smoking, which was a weird, like character turn. Right. Um, but she, right when Miss Geist comes up, she's like, Hey, Miss Geist, I finished boxing up all of the canned stuff. I need more boxes. And she's like, Oh, great. She's like, I divided them into entrees and appetizers. And Ms. Geist is like, <laughs> Okay.
1: Well, like, she's here and she's volunteering and she's helping and she's, like, that's what's so endearing about her, right? She's, like, really genuinely trying. She is, Um, like, a
0: genuinely good person.
1: Yeah. And she's, it's like we said, she's not dumb. She's just out of
0: touch. No, she is. I think that's, yeah. She's, She's just, she sees the good deed that could be done, but she sees it from the ivory tower she's in. And tries to bring the good deed along the ivory tower instead of going down to the street.
1: She just doesn't understand. Like, I think that she has like a super narrow worldview, but an open mind. Yeah. But but doesn't have the experience. And she's very naive and like not down to earth and not clued in, but she's still smart. Like Mm -hmm. she has a strong intelligence. Like she probably have a really high IQ. But she doesn't – she is not in touch. She's like completely no. in the crowd. I mean
0: she thought Billie Holiday was a dude. So <laughs>
1: – Well, and that's just poor pop culture knowledge. But I mean like thinking that disaster victims need skis. Like need not understanding what, yeah. what need is. Right? Like that's – she's very out of touch with reality. But I still love her. I think she's great. Yeah.
0: Purse um, doesn't really go with his outfit, Daddy. Everywhere in L.A. takes 20 minutes, which is not true.
1: No,
0: it's not. Bless his heart. I think that's the other thing I really like, and it's kind of like part of share, but it's also like part of like its own character. Or whatever. Her dad never actually gets mad at her.
1: No, he's, he's just, just like a crotchety bastard. All yeah, the time. he's
0: just a crotchety old dude. But he's actively like proud of her. He's trying to help her, even say, it fails. But he even says like, "We're gonna have a nice family dinner." Like when he first meets Ty, and then he answers the phone. And just starts yelling again. It's like, he does want to be a good dad. And he actually does say that at the beginning. He's like, you divorce wives, not children. Right. So it's like, okay, he is a good dude. He's just like a scary dude.
1: (laughs) I think he's awesome. And he's just, I love him. I mean, you have to like, you wouldn't be able to like discipline share. Like it's obviously, he's obviously just doing his like best. (laughs) <laughs> sort of his best yeah his very like bottom of the barrel best of just like oh, it's probably
0: fine like he's like yeah he even like, i couldn't be more proud of you than if they were based on real grades like yeah. he raises her like a litigating lawyer like that's what i think is really funny is he's is, he's is absolutely an enabler to her like naivete
1: mm-hmm. oh, while totally. still
0: trying to like teach her to be an adult
1: well, and she also does a lot of adult stuff. Like they point out how much caretaking that she does for him. Like even though they have a Talks full about time the doctor coming to
0: him. And yeah.
1: Yeah. She's keeping track of his shit. She knows what's going on. There's no – he doesn't have an assistant running around, for instance. She's doing that. While yeah. there is a housekeeper, like she's, she's not vacuuming. Yeah. Uh, right. But like Cher's not – but she's doing all of the mental load and the logistics and the planning for the household. Mm -hmm. right like she might not like need to really understand the value of a dollar but she knows when shit needs to get done and who to call and what's being scheduled and yeah like she's very much doing adult stuff with her dad and like he like makes you think of like uh you see it more often in single mom situations than single dad situations on tv but you know where it's like uh Yes, but Housewives is a great example. So is Ginny in Georgia where you have like a the single mom. The kids get themselves to the, school. The kids and... like an adult. Yeah. yeah. Well, or like Rory and Lorelai. Like mm. they're like friends. right? Yeah. Where you have that dynamic where it's like, right, but you're like a little adult. Mm. Um, that's kind of happening here with Cher and her dad.
0: <laughs> you're a little <laughs> adult. Yeah. Well, and like it, it goes beyond like just her dad because she has to talk to – lucy about like stuff happening on the outside and talking to the gardener and stuff and like while she is in control of like the things that need to happen around the house she is still very like she thinks that lucy's speaking spanish and she just has a really heavy accent and that's actually that's kind of like the crux of when everything starts falling apart for her (laughs) she's like lucy you know i don't speak spanish or she's like lucy i don't speak mexican and then Lucy's oh like, god, yeah. "I'm not a Mexican." <laughs> Paul Rudd is looking at her, just like, "Are you fucking stupid?" Lucy's from El Salvador.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's an entirely different country.
1: <laughs> oh my god! So, so tell me about uh, tell me about the rest of the men.
0: Yeah. So the other men in this movie, I struggle to say that this movie has a villain. It doesn't. Imp- parts like is each each part of the movie has a little story about what's happening like the first part of the movie is her getting the teachers together and then the second part of the movie is her getting tie with somebody and then the third act of the movie is her getting herself together so kind of like it's parts of the story or whatever but if i had to pick a villain and i'm going to pick a villain because um he's a straight up douche canoe is fucking elton totally this guy is such a douchebag that it blows my mind that this guy is the most popular guy in school. Um, and I do also think it's really funny that after he sexually assaults her, he becomes completely irrelevant to the story. He, yeah, he th-
1: does. He disappears from the plot. Yeah. There's a deleted scene somewhere surely where they address this. Cause I, I feel you like, how is he mm-hmm. not out from the friend circle? Like how yeah. is there not follow up from that? Like And, like, leaving her and she end up, ends up getting robbed and yeah. like ruining her address. And, like, how is there not more of a comment? I don't understand.
0: Like, I feel like there's there's got to be a scene somewhere where Murray finds out about it and confronts Elton. Like, bro, what the fuck? Like, why would you do that? And yeah. then, like, that's what makes Elton irrelevant. Because the last time that we see him, honestly, is when they're in class when Christian shows up. <laughs> And Mr. Hall calls on him and he's just like, my foot hurts. Can I go to the nurse? And you're like, wow, this guy's kind of like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck fuck that guy. Fuck that guy right to hell. I hate him. Yeah. I hate him so much.
1: I don't like him either. I'm obviously with you. I do also wish that that had had more of a.
0: Comeuppance like, kind of thing.
1: That something had. Yeah, that it hadn't just been like and scene, but- Yeah. It's also when Cher starts to realize a little bit more that she's into Paul Rudd because that's – No, because that's when
0: Christian shows up and that's when she's like, I'm done focusing on other people. Um, I'm into Christian and I want to be with Christian.
1: Oh, yeah. You're right. She calls Paul Rudd for a ride, right?
0: But- yeah. And then they get food and then she shows up and Christian's like, hi, I'm gay and everybody else realizes it but you Cher. Yeah, that's – Like even correct. Paul Rudd realizes it at the party.
1: yeah. I don't know why he didn't just tell her that.
0: Yeah. I don't get that either.
1: <laughs> like when he was like, okay, I have to leave now. Like, I mean, I guess because it's 1995, but still mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. like if he yeah. thought that she knew that already, maybe he's like realizing yeah. that she doesn't know that. And he's like, fuck and not trying to like come out to her right then. So he made yeah. sure to leave.
0: I don't think he thought she was into him. I think he was just like, I, so this is this is a good segue into the other person I fucking hate in this movie, which is Christian. I actually really hate Christian. Like, I think he is a grade A dick. The way that he introduces himself to her dad, immediately and without question, that dude would have been kicked out of my house. And that there's no shot that Cher would have been allowed to go out with him.
1: Yeah, he was being a dick. That's true. He was being a total asshole then.
0: Yeah. He's just very full of himself without consideration to other people. but. Also, if he did realize that Cher was into him, which I think he does when they're at the house, and that's why he leaves so abruptly, I don't get why he wouldn't have just been like, whoa, like, I'm gay. Like, why? What are you? What?
1: Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. My, yeah. I. Then Murray to has
0: hard. to be, like, blunt to them. He's like, are you bitches blind or something? Your boy Christian's a cake boy. <laughs> He's a, and it's just like, they're like, nuh-uh. And then Dion realizes it, and then Cher's like, holy shit. (laughs) Oh, But there's just like, to me, even though he saves Ty, which is another issue that I have with this movie. God damn it, dude. I was nitpicking a lot of stuff in the second act of this movie. How does no one else in the mall react to these two guys leaning Ty over the edge of the the fucking barrier? Literally, everyone's like, oh, that's crazy.
1: I don't know. It's been a long time since we've seen bullying we haven't oh, done that's true. a high school movie in a while, but like, yeah, it's the, that's the bullying thing is an interesting, like through line in the timeline that I didn't anticipate. A lot of mm-hmm. the stuff that we have been tracking, I <laughs> did anticipate <laughs> Like yeah. that we, like, we knew we were going to be like, these are things we'll talk about a lot, yeah. but I did not anticipate bullying and here it is again.
0: Yeah, it just, it was weird.
1: We had a lot of it in the 80s when we were doing stuff like the Karate Kid and...
0: Karate Kid and uh, Fast Times Rage High, which we didn't cover, but you have it in uh, Back to the Future and just, Mm -hmm. it's it's everywhere and then it's like nowhere and then it pops up every random, like once in a while.
1: It's just because of what we've been covering. Like if we'd been doing some of the other less... Popular rom coms and teen movies, like which, like we said when we started this one, this isn't really our usual, yeah, sandbox. So I think had we been doing like a, we're more focused on this kind of thing than mm. like genre stuff this whole time. We probably would have seen more of it. So I think it's just jarring for us because we haven't done one of these in a while, and it's like, oh yeah, teenagers bully each other. We've yeah, been doing a lot are of cartoons. <laughs> We've been covering a lot of like Batman and Indiana Jones yeah. and Disney movies. <laughs> You know, but I now forgot. we're back in this genre and there's police. Yeah. So, but I agree. It's, it's, it's weird watching this back. I mean, we have seen sexual assault in our teenage movies and I expect we'll continue to.
0: I think we will, unfortunately. But yeah.
1: There, but yeah, it's, it's, that part was weird with,
0: just no like one helps. Everyone's too. just like, whoa, that's insane. And Christian has to run from, like, the other side of the mall. Like, the other yeah. side of that area just to fucking get her. And then they're like, ha, 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 And he's like, someone could have gotten killed. And then, like, Ty becomes really popular. And then, literally, we never see Christian again. We never see him in the movie ever again after that point. We and I get it because his story's together, like,
1: but maybe that that's, that's when they go shopping. Scene. Because yeah. after that
0: is when Cher, like... Everybody thinks that like a bunch of gang members like held tie at gunpoint at the mall, oh, and she's like, "No, right. that's not fucking what happened at all." That and like then, super
1: bad <laughs> yeah. when they haul McLovin off in the end.
0: <laughs> we got the famous Fogle.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the two guys that I do love the most in this movie, aside obviously aside from Paul Rudd, are Murray and Travis. Uh, Murray is the is Dion's boyfriend, and he's just so genuinely himself the whole movie. Yeah, he he's is. like he's Dion's Josh. He's never gonna like be sugar coated around her. He's always just like, "This is who I am. This is what's going on." Because I'm keeping it real. Because I'm keeping it real.
1: Yeah, he's he's a good balance <laughs> to Dion. He's so much more down to earth. I mean, it's a lot the same way of what Josh is for share, right? Like yeah. they except more so like <laughs> Josh, yeah,
0: <laughs> Josh is a little bit more square than Murray. Yeah, for yeah, sure. A little
1: bit, a little bit, definitely. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> and then uh, Travis, who is the skater, who was into the tie the whole time. I think my thing that I like about Travis, which is why his like, I'm not smoking weed anymore thing is just, it comes out of left field. He is the same genuine, sincere person, the entire movie. He's mm-hmm. a goofball. He's just like genuinely having a good time. And he's into tie the whole fucking time. Yeah. And like, even when they, <laughs> uh, even when share is giving her second debate uh, and shows up, about I can't remember what that second debate is about, but it's the one where uh, Mr. Hall is like, does anybody have like any comments on what share said? And Travis is just like two thumbs up. Fine holiday fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, nothing bothers this guy. He shows genuine concern when Ty gets knocked out by the shoe at the party. He brings her ice. Mm-hmm. And then like at the end of the movie, they just like are always smitten with each other. They have always been smitten with each other. So her yeah, and Travis so end up and yeah, they're very adorable.
1: That's part of the storyline in Emma, right? That there's this other guy right. that she's liked the whole time.
0: Yeah. And they just, they end up together. And they're good. And then at the very end of the movie, they're at this wedding. And first of all, Sharon makes a really funny joke about how she's only 16 and they're not getting married. Cause this is California and not Kentucky.
1: Oh, I liked that too. Yeah. Which, Cause it's the like two <laughs> teachers that she set up in the beginning. Yeah. And it's like, it's like six months later and it shows the wedding and she's like, not me asshole. <laughs>
0: yeah. She's like, show the fuck out.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was and great.
0: They, uh, they, throw the bouquet and you get to see that Josh is actually like part of their group. Now, like him and Murray are laughing when they're all fighting over the, the bouquet and stuff like him and Murray are like laughing on each other's shoulders and stuff. And I do think it is really cool that like, we get to see that Josh may not have fit in the beginning, but all of their friends groups, like kind of just match together in the best way at the end. And I think that's why I like the three main good guys. Because again, there's just there's, there's no bad guys. <laughs> yeah, weird. I like
1: seeing them. All, yeah, exactly. I like seeing them all together. There's not usually a bad guy in these teenage movies.
0: Like no, there's,
1: there's interpersonal drama.
0: Like you could say it's Amber, but even Amber kind of confuses me because like she's a bitch to share, but then she's always with them.
1: She's just the other friend. There's always another, like, and and then there's the one that we're kind of not that friends with that much. They they poke at this so hard in Ginny and Georgia.
0: Oh my god. There's
1: one girl who's like on the outs of their friend group, and it's like, no, she's always here, but like she's not really what like she's not prime squad and like she knows it and they're always like telling her to go sit down like it's Meg fucking Griffin. <laughs> like it's like part of the story, and it's like, oh my god, ripping on so-and-so is my favorite. Like they like sit it's
0: Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I really like Travis too. Um, and I like this whole like another way that this translates really well from the original Jane Austen is this like social class concept.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and you see the same thing in Ten Things I Hate About You, right? Where like social class is so important in Jane Austen's time and Shakespeare's time, especially for Jane Austen, because like the whole thing in Emma is that um the the characters whose names are different, and who I don't remember, but like Ty mm-hmm. and Travis in the novel, are the problem with Travis is that he's not like the social, the right social class, right? Right. It's like I don't know if we can, and in this, it's like translate the same way, like uh, the stoner, like he's the kid. A yeah, it's, it's not really No respectable
0: enough. girl actually dates them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it, so it translates over really, really well, and the same kind of thing in Ten Things I Hate About You. Like one of my favorite scenes ever is that. Opening in Ten Things I Hate About You, where they just go through the school of like who's who, the who's who of the oh, light, yeah. and what's the social structure? They do the they rip on it in Mean Girls, they do the same scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's also why I liked recess. God, I love that show. Yeah, these these like school-based king social Bob. structure things. Yeah, exactly. And the Ashleys, like <laughs> all of it. Like, yeah, the whole king of the playground thing, gossip girl does it. Uh super fun when when you just like lay that trope out and just like I like it. And yeah. um I like how they do it in this movie. It's like subtle and clever <laughs> the way they translate it over. Because they don't have a scene that's like this is who everybody is. They don't have yeah. it quite as overtly in this as they do in some of the other ones.
0: No, Cher kind of just explains it when she's introducing Ty to all the guys who are around, like that's the Persian mafia. You can't hang out with them unless you want a BMW those are the most popular guys in school and
1: I guess they do kind of lay it out in this movie you know they also do it in pitch perfect they lay it out super hard like who everybody is uh oh yeah campus. yeah
0: um I gotta watch that movie again I love that movie. I-,
1: I love that movie it's so good
0: yeah. Ak- excuse me
1: if you're not here to win get the hell out of Kuwait <laughs> <laughs>
0: Me and my tone-deaf sidekick, Justin. Yes, I can't hear a note, and I hate myself for it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway,
1: let's go to the room requirement and get out of here. Yes, Um, let's. What have we not hit on? Um, (sighs) I think we actually... Did all of this, so never mind.
0: Yeah, we're done. <laughs> I was just gonna throw this in there. We weaved uh, in all
1: of it. Hey, I didn't did. actually write down my rating. I'm gonna decide it on the fly. Do you have one?
0: Oh, I give this. I just because of how often I quote this and how funny I think this movie is at all times. I'm giving this like a seven point nine.
1: Yeah, this is yeah. legit. I feel like I would give this like an eight. Yeah. Like a, I can't. I think I could go all the way to an eight.
0: I can't give it like a full anything higher, like into a full eight, just because I really wanted to see the repercussions of Elton's actions. Like, I feel like that would have been a huge part of like how much power Cher had over the kids in her school of like, Mm -hmm. dude, she is the most popular girl. And like this dude fucking sexually assaulted her. And it just was weird that it kind of just gets forgotten about.
1: Even if there was one line that was like, and no one ever talked to him again because I say so.
0: Yeah, like, exactly.
1: Yeah, with her. Like, because I really liked her exposition. I liked her sort of internal dialogue. Monologue. Yeah. Was really, really good. Yeah. And I think that's why they don't dig deeper into that stuff and close those loops because it's about her and it's also yeah. not that deep of a movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, right? Like, it's really not yeah. like, as much as it's good and there's, and we managed to talk about it for an hour and a half, it's not really that deep.
0: Yeah. so
1: yeah it's kind of like uh we were kind of focused on share but also i feel you like yeah it's definitely not a 10 out of 10 but i think i can give it the full eight i like it i think it's good i can't wait to do legally blonde i added that timeline it wasn't there but while i was doing notes for this i was like we're so covering legally yeah
0: fuck yeah we are dude are you kidding me
1: we're also gonna do 10 things i hate about you and i think those are gonna be our big i'll get mean girls on there if it's not already and should i to be on there
0: Super bad. I know it's on right. there.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll make sure to hit on these like big ones. So if you guys have comedies and things in this genre that you want us to do that aren't obvious, tell us cause we'll, we'll add them into the timeline or you can send in a request and we can scoot ahead and do them yeah. sooner.
0: <sighs> there's no villains so or I'm getting us out of here.
1: Yeah, no, there's no, that's
0: yeah. As always, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something. Please be sure to join us next week for Lindsay's flagship 1995 movie Toy Story, which I feel like we're going to have to break into like three episodes because of how much shit we're going to have to talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, be sure to subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for our sites and social media in the episode descriptions. If you'd like to support the podcast as Ben just did. We encourage you to follow us on our Patreon, where you can find our special quiz show, Rewind the Timeline. Make sure to check out our website for all the timeline goodies, including our new feature, Request the Timeline. (sighs) Let us know what you want to see, and we'll make it happen for you. But until next time, guys, stay nerdy.